0: this is so wild. This is the biggest conundrum. Me, the guy that's all about thoughts become things. You're born to thrive, pushed on to greatness every day. You can have whatever it is you want. Can you be happy without it? And if you can answer that honestly with a yes, you're going to have it 10 times faster. Jumbo fellow adventurers I'm Mike Dooley here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things and I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups these were broadcasted live this week my answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, thoughts become things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. I hope you all had a great, cozy weekend wherever you are in the world. I had fun making my vision board... Uh, what a great workshop that was. Thanks to the many thousands who joined me. It was a blast and the recording will be available uh, for you know evergreen use on your dashboard. Okay, on the heels of last week's discussion where I touched again on our innate divine sense of incompletion. The major lesson was you can simultaneously want stuff that you don't have feeling incomplete, yet be happy as well. Okay. As you pursue it, you can be happy without it. And today's deep dive is going to go in the same exact direction. It's something that um, I have been able to formulate as a teaching point for myself uh, and others as well the past two years. And I think it's really, uh, it's really helped me. Okay. It's about learning to be happy without. Not just, um, I want it, I'm going to get it, I'll be happy in the meantime. Not, Not just that. Think of your big dreams. Can you be happy without them? This is so wild. This is the biggest conundrum. Me, the guy that's all about thoughts become things. You're born to thrive, pushed on to greatness every day. You can have whatever it is you want. Can you be happy without it? And if you can answer that honestly with a yes, you're going to have it 10 times faster. 10 times faster. Now, this is such a trick and such a slippery slope. You are going to be challenged. Can you get to that place, not just whitewash it with an answer. Can you get to that place when you think of the big dream, the big bell and whistle, and realize you could be happy forevermore without it? Now, forevermore is a bit of a stretch because it's destined to be yours. But can you truly be happy without it? Can you be happy now without it? Oh, my gosh. If not, if you're like, this is who I am. It identifies me. I have to have X. I have to have Y. I have to have Bruno or Trixie or Mary. If you insist and you end up putting off your happiness, there's going to be attachment. There's going to be... Uh, insistence and you will literally be fighting the entire universe you want it now you're like a little two-year-old you're having a temper tantrum this is what you're doing when you say I won't be happy until then or I have to have that in my life or I have to know that this is inevitable now if you're talking broad brushstrokes like happiness of course you're gonna have happiness love joy, fulfillment. Of course, you're going to have those things. But when it comes to 99% of the dreams people have, which are typically micromanaged, oh, you do not want attachment. You end up closing the door to all other possibilities. If you're like, this is it, and it has to be it. It might happen. It might not. Are you okay with might not? And the reason it might not is because you're attached to it. You're, you're, blinded to all else going on in life. You're denying yourself the full joy that is abundantly available. There's always a million more reasons to be happy today, no matter what the F is happening in your life than not. A million more reasons to be happy than not. And if you're not seeing that and you're postponing your happiness, as I was saying on Friday, then you're going to be in this place of icky, quagmire, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. The test can you be happy without a little caveat here this is not something to dwell on you do not want to dwell on be thinking about happiness without it but you want to understand that your dreams are just frosting on the cake and right now it's the cake in front of you heaven on earth paradise where you can shape shift and rearrange circumstances Um, within the the framework of probabilities, your own probabilities based on your empowering and limiting beliefs and the beliefs empowering and otherwise of seven and a half billion co-creators. So if you can't be happy without, you won't be happy with. If you can't be happy without, you won't be happy with. Let that sink in. And again, we're talking about specific dreams, goals, end results, players, partners. When you get into that micromanaging world, it's an extremely slippery slope. You may manifest, you may not, but it's not gonna bring you happiness. I have done so many things wrong in my life with regard to manifesting, trying to do it better, trying to do it quicker. But there are two areas where I have to say I did it really well. And I, and I feel like I go back to these two areas, uh, and I overlay them in my present life with my present desires. Uh, I I've, I was mostly desperate and dateless. Uh, I know you find that hard to believe. Uh, for for decades and decades into my adult life, I had dates and girlfriends and stuff. But you know, it was mostly a one man show. Um, but I always thought that I would probably have a partner, a serious, probably you know, lifelong. But you never know how people change, partner. Um, but I would get to a place of peace like this. If I do finally get married one day or just have a partner one day, I will be so happy. And if I don't ever find that partner, don't ever get married or whatever, maybe you're druthers. I will be so happy. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't have a preference. That didn't mean I didn't do a vision board with beautiful ladies on it. That didn't mean I didn't do creative visualization and have journals going and have my menu list and I would like this and not that and this and not I had pre. You can have preferences, but hey, I had a life. I worked on a lot of other areas in my life. I diversified and that's my call to you today. Get it going on in all kinds of buckets and get to that place where you can say, I'll be so happy either way, which does not deny your preferences. I did the same thing, uh, the second example, with the idea of having children one day. I kind of always thought I would maybe have a family and children, um, but you know, as you start approaching uh, the big 5-0, and and there's no (laughs) sign of it, I I really double down. If I have kids one day, I'm going to be so, so happy. And if I don't ever have kids, I'm going to be so, so happy. And that's the kind of detachment I'm talking about, which does not negate preferences. That does not negate taking baby steps. Does That does not mean that you don't care. But can you be happy without? The best solution... To make this a simple task. Because in those two instances, while I got much else wrong in my life, I got that right. Um, In those two instances, I was diversifying as I shared. And I was working on career. I was working on travel. COVID, I know. I was working on friendships. I was cultivating different skills and uh, toastmasters. Uh, fulfillment. I was dabbling with writing a book that I would self-publish. I mean, uh, I I was enjoying my yard and my garden and fitness and exercise and running. And, uh, you know, I worked on a lot of areas. And when you've got these other things going on in your life, you're not sitting there waiting for the pot to boil. And you know how that goes. All right, fellow adventurers, I think I'm going to try to start doing something for these daily tune-ups. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you a question or a challenge, uh, just to foster some interaction. Let me know what your answers are. Um, Do you think you can do this? Be happy either way, which is not saying you don't care. Okay. Do you think you can do it? Be happy either way. Here's the question. What else can you focus on in your amazing life right now? Think of that juiciest dream of yours, that juiciest dream. Now pick it up and set it over here. What else can you focus on? I'd like you to answer, if you're watching this live or uh, even in the recording, please answer below if you think you can do this and what else you can focus on. What else you can get rocking in your life? Fitness, sports, recreation, uh, service, charity. uh, You know, there's so much. Uh, Gardening, house plants, cooking. Travel or at least planning your travel. What else will you next focus on? I know you'll take this challenge, whether you write it down or not. I know you're going to diversify. And when it comes to diversification of interest, there always needs to be marching baby steps. Always get out. Do, even if you're exploring the internet because of COVID, get out there. There's out of seven and a half billion people, probably five billion of them are on the internet. So uh, there's no excuse not to do something. Start that business. Start that business. Just start it with a one page website. Google one page free websites and start your business. Start that book. But don't be a hermit. Interact with people, interact with your pets, interact with your flower pots as well. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. It's time for another spiritual tune up. Thanks for the great questions you post below. Mike. My intention has been making $10,000 a month, doing what I love and surrounded with friends and laughter. It's been my intention for three years and I haven't come anywhere close to these results. I'm wondering what else I can do to achieve this goal or something better. Well, nicely framed question, come a long way. Um, It's ironic, but that was my goal for a long time. longer than three years. And then the next thing you know, you've just blown past it and you're just like, oh my God, that didn't take long at all. But during the process, as I've recounted many times, it seems like it's taking forever. And when I did the vision board workshop the other day, I found a little um, index card where I wrote down some goals that I had 21 years ago. You know what number one was financially? To have income greater than expenses. That was my goal. And it was two years where I was starting up what I'm doing now, envisioning uh, $10,000 a month after I finally started making some money to match my expenses, that I was spending more money um, having liquidated the t-shirt business and having a mortgage. Fortunately, I had some savings than I was making. Oh, my God. I know. It takes forever. And you're wondering, what am I doing wrong? How am I self-sabotaging? I've got some ideas to help you here. In hindsight, I can tell you that when you look back at each adventure or journey in your life, and I'm sure it's no different when you look back at your life, it's not going to be so much about, um, did I make it to the top of the mountain? I mean, what do mountain climbers do after they get to the top of the mountain? They go back down and they look for another mountain. And for them, It's the overall adventure, the thrill of climbing, the thrill of having a dream and ascending and falling and getting back up and doing it again. It's the overall process of starting at the bottom or somewhere in the middle and going to the top. It's not just about being at the top. In fact, once you get to the top, you're like, let's go back down. (laughs) Right, and it's not that in life you have to go back down you're going to go from ten thousand a month to twenty to thirty to forty to fifty to hundred thousand, whatever your dreams are, but in the end it's not going to be about those those check boxes it's going to be about who you became on the way and guess what right now you're in the becoming and it's more spectacular than you're giving yourself credit for. Oh my gosh, the lessons you're learning, the metal you you're, you're stealing or the steal your, uh, you know, your metal. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not using that word very good. Toughen your metal, you know, your metal, M-E-T-T-L-E or something. Anyway, all right, I've got more. I got more for you. Now, I'm not detracting from the goal. Have the goal of 10,000. You're going to, you're going to hit it. Um, but just realize that there's so much more involved. The, the, the reason if you will, by deduction, that we have dreams is for the journey. Uh, we want the dream to pay our bills, to live the life of uh, of comfort, to be surrounded by friends and laughter. But ultimately, it's the journey. And, and I know that sounds so cliche. And when you want what you want, and you really want it, and maybe you need it, and maybe your landlord is about to throw you out on the streets. I mean, okay. There, Your dreams are sacred, but it's the journey from lack to possession, from here to there, from now till then, that you become who you become. And it's such a beautiful progression. A little more, a little more. Right now, realize perhaps the reason it's taking longer than you thought is because of the foundation you're creating. I mean, could you imagine if somebody just gave you, you just inherited or you just won you know, $10,000 a month or $500,000, you would forevermore feel vulnerable to it disappearing as quickly as it showed up. But when you're building a foundation and you're learning lessons, guess what? Guess what? Something happens to that $500,000, the world goes through some craziness. You, unlike almost anybody else... Can create it all over again, because you will have been there. The foundation is what's going on now. Excuse me. It's cold out there. My nose is a little sniffly, snuffly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're creating a foundation, and that is absolutely awesome. It is worth everything. Things you can't even conceive of are aligning. When I was writing notes from the universe... And, and trying different things. I didn't know that Rhonda Byrne was halfway around the world in Melbourne, Australia, coming up with the idea to bring joy to billions of people through the creation of a documentary on the law of attraction. If I had gotten on some wild goose chase and gotten ahead of myself and lost my bearings when that invitation came to be a free contributor to the secret, I probably would have been like, are you kidding? I make $10,000 a month. I don't got time for you. I'm not going to go do that silly stuff. Things are aligning for you right now. You can't conceive of, and it's not just in alignment with your dreams, but in alignment with all of your other dreams. When this dream gets to here, then this dream goes to there. And then that that dream goes to there. And Prince Charming or Princess Charming shows up and your mind is blown and you're at a whole nother orbit beyond what you thought. And you're gonna be like, this happened so fast. So fast, even though today it seems so slow. And the more you focus on anything, the more it expands. The slower in this case it goes. Couple ideas here celebrate the progress that you're making. Just take a time out and be like, I remember when we were doing the t-shirt business, mom, Andy, and I, oh, 30 years ago. And I was complaining to one of my neighboring t-shirt push cart vendors, how slow it was. He said, are you further along this year than you were last year? And I was like, wow, yeah, but just by like that much. And he said, not everyone can say that. And if you can't say that, some of you watching right now, that's okay, because it's the end result that's pulling you through. You keep showing up, showing up, not judging uh, your progress or lack thereof on the circumstances, but on the vision, thy will shall be done. But for me, that time in that conversation, my neighbor, neighboring vendor telling me that it was just like, yeah, you know, it's better this year than last year. And then know this, the, the quantum leap you make every year is exponential. So in the first few years, you do a little bit better. And then you're just like off the charts because you stayed with it. So celebrate any and all little achievements. And then most significantly... Take stock of what have you learned? What are you learning right now? How are you gonna make this a repeatable thing? What did you learn about the business plan? What did you learn about visualization? What did you learn about showing up, going out there, facing your fears? That's your assignment. What could you be appreciating right now in your present journey that you're ignoring because you're so impatient for things to change. What can you start appreciating right now that you haven't been appreciating? And part two of that question, what have you and or are you learning right now? What have you or are you learning right now? That's going to make you more amazing, more loving, more patient, more appreciative. Put those things down right now. Lessons learned, achievements made, time to celebrate. And then you can start showing up more with a glad heart and not comparing which is odious and and realize it's the journey man and you focus on the journey you focus on today not on what you're missing and it takes off in this upward spiral your thoughts become things you're pushed on to greatness you're inclined to succeed you do not have a 50/50 chance at thriving You're going to blow the lid off of this. It's written. It is destiny. You would not have to dream if it couldn't come to pass. So keep showing up, trying new things, celebrating, uh, recounting what you've learned, and uh, thy will shall be done. John fellow Adventurers, thoughts become things. Time to talk about jealousy. Uh, How do you suggest we deal with jealousy, Mike? Seeing other people get the things we wanted. Being sad and upset we didn't get it instead. It's hard to reroute my brain toward not focusing on the loss. Advice, please. Well, little else can hurt as much as jealousy but with a little self-reflection, a little space, give yourself some time, honor yourself, okay? These are primitive times. And in these jungles of time and space, when we think it's all reality, anybody would be overwhelmed, brokenhearted, but give yourself a little bit of time, self-reflect. All jealousy, triple underlined, all jealousy is born of confused, limited thinking. It's born of an idea of scarcity. It's born of an idea that, that there was some predetermined ideal path for you and all other paths are less. There is no predetermined path. Okay, You're here to decide what's going on and no matter what path you've been on, no matter where you are today, no matter who has turned you, turned you down, whether a personal love interest or uh, something in the, in the world, better awaits better than you can imagine. And this will become abundantly clear as you free yourself from these yicky feelings. The idea of jealousy is born of, as I said, limitation. And let me relay that to you this way, scarcity. Um, Scarcity is something you can only believe in if you're glued to your physical senses. It's like living on a remote island and there's so many coconuts And you want those coconuts, or at least your share of those coconuts, because if you don't have them, somebody else gets them. And if you get them, somebody else goes without. This is not the way it works here in the illusionary jungles of time and space. You can have yours and they can have theirs. And they getting theirs is going to help you get yours. But you can't be seeing everything so starkly, so objectively. This is the hook of time and space where our Physical senses tell us lie after lie after lie. My gosh, I have been in and out of my own little um, fits of jealousy. And I, I I can tell you one of the most painful times, apart from love life, was right after The Secret came out. Remember the DVD in the movie? Um During the production of The Secret, I was talking with Australia an awful lot and California where they were doing the editing. And I was told repeatedly that uh, one of my manifesting stories about Hong Kong Island, some of you have heard that before in my book, Infinite Possibilities and other uh, shares, um, was going to be one of the key pivot points of the entire movie. And I was just like, oh, this is what I was born to do. Uh, this is so meant to be um, and then all of a sudden the uh, the buzz went away and I I knew that they had to move on to other parts of the film um, and then a year later the film came out and and we who were in it got the DVD first and I sat down and watched and and, and my part wasn't there uh, in fact I was I was in the secret for I think less than one minute of its uh, I believe 90 minutes. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so jealous. I was so upset. Uh, John Asaroff had a way better manifesting story than me about putting pictures in his vision board, uh, of a dream house. And years later he found out he lived in that house because as they were unpacking the boxes in the new house, they found his old vision board and there was the house. Oh my God, I don't blame them for using that great story. And I remember I just felt like I had lost such an unbelievable opportunity to be who I wanted to be in the world. And I thought, well, I didn't believe in myself enough. I thought this, I thought that. I was like, how could this have happened? I remember I wrote a letter to the universe, you know, chairman of the board and I complained and I was like, oh man, This is not right. And then I remember halfway through the letter just saying, and this is what I want you to do, thanking the universe for the way it played out, because by golly, that belonged to John and it belonged to the others who were featured more. And I was going to get mine. And that wasn't mine. That was just a warm up for mine. And I came to peace with it and I sealed that letter and I have it in a folder in my house today. And whenever I feel disappointed, I think of that letter and I remember kind of cutting a deal with the chairman of the board, like, okay, that was not mine. That was not mine. At least I was included. Um, But mine is coming. And I know you know me and I know you love me and I love you and we live in an infinite abundant world and my share is coming. Oh my God. It came in so many different ways. And and it's not like I can say, oh, see, here's my comeuppance. This is, it doesn't always work like that. But my life, oh my gosh, my world tours. I don't really kind of want to go to comparisons, but uh, so much has come to me because of my role in this secret. Nobody, nobody cares that it was brief. It was the best part of the secret, you know, driving in the car and all that jazz. And uh, it was like, what was perfect for me came to me. And what was perfect for the rest of them went to them. And you know what? I didn't get on Oprah. And it's just as good because I was so terrified back in the day that I probably would have clammed up, frozen, and would have forevermore been remembered as the guy who went speechless, on global, national, international, intergalactic TV with Oprah Winfrey. It's like the perfect thing is coming for you in the perfect way. That you assessed reality with your physical senses and you said, oh, that's the perfect thing for me, does not mean it was the perfect thing for you. You can't see You can't see squat man compared to reality that's out there. You can't see anything compared to reality. You don't see the trajectories. You don't see the rising and the falling. You don't see seven and a half billion other co-creators and knowing what's going to complement who, how, and when, when it comes to romance, as you know, I've had girlfriends that had boyfriends that weren't me. It's as bad as it sounds. And I was the last to find out. Uh, I know what jealousy is like. And in every instance, Bless them. Peace out. You got away with your life, dude. You got away with your life. Thank God that went the way it did. Otherwise, who knows where I'd be right now? Oh my gosh. Instead of loved and in love, you got to trust reality. You got to trust the flow of things. You can't see all that's happening out there. So when jealousy shows up, it's because you're using your physical senses saying, No, I don't like it. I don't want it in the middle of the best turn of events of your existence. Sometimes it looks like three steps backwards to take 200 steps forward. Don't fight it. Otherwise you're going to get stuck in the backwards position, Everything was just coming together perfectly for you and you started resisting. And so you got stuck in reverse. Don't try to judge. Don't try to interpret. There's enough coconuts for everybody on the island. When something good happens to your nemesis, your competitor, to somebody else you don't even know, give thanks. Give thanks because you can't see all that's involved and something better is coming to you. And while I'm not going to say, oh, look, I got this part and that thing. It's like I've had world tours. I have 17 books. I have notes from the universe. I have the best podcast in Botswana, I have adventures, I have a team, I have a family, I have, I wouldn't trade anything for any turn of the events in my life. So when you find yourself in jealousy, you are not seeing everything. And that doesn't mean this is easy advice to take. Um, But to resist and to have a temper tantrum uh, is to fight the entire universe and you're going down it's not going to work out the way you wanted it to yours is coming by celebrating other people's successes you are saying, I believe in the bounty of the universe. I know I'm not living in a limited realm. And I know that my share is coming because I'm gonna continue living my life. I'm gonna continue following my heart and I'm gonna stop judging the journey with my physical senses because they see so very little. Write your little letter to the universe, chairman of the board, if you like. (laughs) Perfectly okay to vent. Perfectly okay to say that you're disappointed. But I challenge you to recognize that this is going to make way for even better. Better than you knew to ask for back in the day. Or maybe better than what you're asking for right now. This is your challenge today. I want you to write it down below. I want you to understand that right now you are living the greatest comeback story of your life. I remember I used to tell myself that back in the day when things were not looking like a comeback, looked like I was just going down one way, stuck in reverse. And I remember telling myself, it's okay, Mike, you're living your greatest story right now. And you know how much confidence I had in myself when I said that? None. Zero. But I said it. And I was like, well, maybe I am. Maybe I am. I'm living my greatest story. And somehow something deep inside of me bought that and something even now in me was like, yeah, it's going to get better. And so is it for you. The daily challenge, um, how this is playing to your greater good, that this is the, the greatest comeback that humanity will ever record, that this is the best part of your story and draw into it what's going on. Maybe draw in the lesson that you're learning right now: self-respect, self-love, uh, leaning on yourself, counting on yourself, counting on the magic, invoking the magic. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up, and today we are going deep. Thanks for the great questions, Mike. If the world is all illusion, who is real? Mike, if everything we see is an illusion, then am I making up the characters in my life? Are my siblings, my friends, my children, my partner real or something I've imagined? Stranger than fiction. This is a really great question. And when questions go to the very edge of my own ability to kind of comprehend and seek traction, uh, I invariably, as you know by now, rely on Seth, dictated by the late Jane Roberts. Jane Roberts would channel Seth, and out came dozens of books of the most mind-boggling nature, objective views, Uh, of reality, uh, where we are the prime movers, the creators of our own reality. It is such empowering stuff, the Seth material. And I have actually gone in the direction of this question's answer at least twice in the last two years. But hey, it's always worthwhile to dip our toes back in that arena, go really deep, blow our minds, reconsider absolutely everything, and perhaps touch on a few things that I've never touched on before as I explore this answer, answer. Seth has said, speaking to the very question we've been asked right now is everyone an illusion? Seth said, well, it's not like they're all cutouts. It's not like they're just, you know, paper mache and they have no meaning, no volition of their own. So the answer that Seth is giving is, uh, yeah, kind of they are, but they are more than just cutouts. Oh my God, this opens the door for so much. So what exactly is going on? Let me give some further girding to this idea that, that life is just so not what we think it is. Also from Seth. Seth, and I know I have shared this before. Seth says that at every major decision point in your life, when you face a fork in the road, and it's a real major, like, should I move to California? Should I move to, uh, Florida? Seth says that you actually go in both directions and there is a split, uh, a new dimension, a parallel universe reality created. And one of you goes to California and the other one goes to Florida and both of you think that you're the only one. Well, that's nothing compared to the implications of what's just shared. If that was me and there's one of me in California and think that's the only one and I moved and I packed my bags and I contacted a realtor and I bought a home out in San Diego or wherever, I called my mom on the way I, I met my brother halfway there because he lives in Colorado and I, you know, there'd be that whole reality in every single moment of every day for the rest of my life would be profoundly impacted by that decision by that venue. But there's another me that, that didn't go there that, that moved to the west coast of Florida to hang out with my sister to be on the beaches and all of the ramifications there, but For the me living on the West coast of Florida, I still have a brother in Colorado and I still have friends in San Diego, but the me in San Diego still has a sister in West Florida and a brother in Colorado. For every fork in the road of my life, I make not only a new world for me to live in, but a new brother and a new sister. And I have multiple forks in the road of my life and they have multiple forks and suddenly it's as if we have reincarnational aspects of ourselves in this one lifetime that are innumerable and infinite. And one of me became a composer and another one is still a certified public accountant. And another one is still writing books for Hay House. And another one, um, who knows what? And each of those had forks in the road and forks in the road and forks in the road or the forks in the road. And then my brother has forks in the road and forks in the road. And for every one of mine and his, there's more me. And for every one of my sisters, there's more her, more my brother, more. There's like infinite, infinite, infinite. And it's like, well, am I? Is it really me in every one of my incarnations, probabilities? Is it really me in every one of my brother's forks in the roads? Is it really me in every one of your forks in the roads? It's like, oh my God. So it's kind of like a nighttime dream. If I dream of my brother in the middle of the night, is he really there? Or am I animating him entirely? Am I putting those stupid words in his mouth? Am I making him do those ridiculous tricks? Uh, And and when you have a nighttime dream, is it just you? The palette of the physical universe is colored in with God. There's only God. There's not even a me. There's just a, a God that thinks it's me during the fleeting time of my life. And that doesn't negate me and it doesn't negate you. Just as we exist now, we exist eternally. So you never have to worry about being blotted out or absorbed by God. But nevertheless, in the palette of the jungles of time and space is colored in by God. And so there are different perspectives that the divine has. One perspective is called Mike. Another perspective is called Mary, Bruno, Trixie. And we're all the same God stuff, but coming up and seeing reality as if we were different lenses, like uh, the glasses you wear. And one pair of lenses is like, hey, I'm a tall, bald guy. Hey, hey, I'm a young person with curly hair. Uh, I'm I'm male. I'm female. And the billions and billions of people that are alive on earth are all the same God stuff, but with different but as a different lens. And so wherever you look out of your lenses, you're looking out at more God. And you could fairly say you're looking out at more of yourself. And there's been this continuum created, this matrix, if you will, with coordinate points where energy interacts. And we've agreed that each of us will be here expressing as God and each has sovereign sovereign abilities and each of us, our thoughts become things but we're going to agree upon certain momentum, certain physical laws so that we can have a life in time and space. And for every time I think of my brother, God comes alive as my brother. Uh, Is it my brother? Am I me or am I God? My brother is God. It is only God. There are mystics in the far East and cool people in the far West who describe falling into a a, a kind of a mystical experience, Uh, not necessarily drug-induced or plant-induced, maybe, uh, not necessary, Uh, but they fall into a mystical experience where they literally do not know where they end and the rest of the world begins. Because suddenly, instead of ending at their skin, the perimeter of their skin, they see and feel themselves in every direction they look. There was a note from the universe that I I often read, count. Um, really and truly, there's you and more you. There's only you. So the whole dynamic and the question of it, am I real and everyone else is an illusion, is kind of broken because it presumes things that aren't true in reality. It's like none of us are real. We're all illusions. But being illusions does not mean that we don't exist. It means that we are different than we have thought ourselves to be and that's okay and that's good and here's the takeaway it's all God it's all holy it's all sacred you create your own reality you draw personalities in that resonate with you and you shift personalities out shift personalities out that are not resonant with you And you are totally the conductor of your experience as they are the conductor of their experience. And it all coalesces together in ways that a human brain cannot probably figure out. Just know that you're important, that you're sacred, that your world does revolve around you and your choices. In this great big uh, panorama called life in the sacred jungles, I've got an assignment for you. Okay. The assignment for you is to literally see God in everything and everyone. And take that a step farther. See yourself in everything and everyone all day long. Okay, looking at me right now into my eyes, I want you to see yourself. I want you to know that I bleed like you. I cry like you. I hope like you. I dream like you. And so does everyone. See me here. And then also see God here. And in the eyes of every single person you meet today whether they're on a screen or they're in in your life or in living your living room see god in everything see yourself in everything and because you draw people into your life that doesn't discount them that doesn't mean they're fake that doesn't mean don't respect them respect them more respect them more because they are of the divine respect them more because they're extensions of yourself this is a mind-boggling adventure. Uh, it will all make sense one day. And until it makes perfect, logical sense, if that day ever comes, we can still enjoy the heck out of it. Love every moment, every precious moment that's before you. Even right now, the world spins in the palm of your hand. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up where in a manner of different ways every single morning, I most want to convey to you that your thoughts become things. Today's question, awesome. My dreams are getting smaller. I've been a co-creator and an infinite possibilities thinker for a long time, Mike. However, I'm finding that my desires and my dreams are much smaller than ever before. In most ways yet in unusual ways they're getting bigger rather than things it's more about qualities that i'm after peace love joy unity understanding illumination for those for those i love and those beyond my circle what's up with this sounds great but i am am i missing out because i am not choosing more detailed material manifestations oh i think you're in a really really good place and there's some wild dynamic at place that I've put my finger on just recently. I've shared it in a few other workshops, 21 day adventure, etc. Let me begin this by pointing out what will become obvious by the end of this tune up that the evolution of desire, and there is a trackable, predictable evolution of desire and dreams for all of us. The evolution of your desire, will follow the evolution of your consciousness, your consciousness expanding, your consciousness in full full bloom. Now, one criteria of the evolution of anyone's consciousness, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, is the degree to which they see themselves in everyone else, or even more in the world around. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Okay, caveman, cavewoman. That's a bit simplistic. I don't think we were ever um, quite so crude. I think uh, that's, a, that's another spiritual tune-up. I do not believe we evolved from the amoeba and apes uh, living in caves is what I'm trying to get at. There's such a thing as spontaneous creation, um, and it goes perfectly with the theory of evolution uh, as well. Okay, <laughs> tangent, tangent, excuse me. All right, so the evolution of consciousness... Has a criteria with which it can be measured by how much you see yourself in others. So going back to caveman, um, you know, at first it's just you versus the world. There's you and everything else that's not you, and it's a matter of survival. And you got to take care of you, or you're going down. But then. In a lifetime or over several lifetimes, there is this expansion where you is not just you anymore. It's you and your partner. It's you and your loved ones. It's you and your family or your bloodline. And that works for a lifetime or a couple dozen lifetimes. And then the evolution is this expansion. It's natural. You can chart it on an arc that now includes loved ones, not just family members, but best friends, uh, people that you connect with and you inexplicably adore. Sometimes that even takes precedence over bloodlines. Now it's not just an objective evolution. It's just like where your heart goes, your awareness goes, and there's this continual expansion. Next thing you know, you include your dog and your cat and your hamster and your Cockatiel or whatever else is going on, you're including the animal kingdom. Crazy is as crazy does. You fall in love with the whole flipping animal kingdom, and then oh, it gets really weird. Trees, you fall in love with trees, and it doesn't stop with trees. Shrubs, yeah, shrubbery. You're a shrubbery expert. Now you're into flowers. Then you're into weeds. Then you're into grass. No, no pun intended. Um, and then it's just like also flipping beautiful you see a waterfall and you want to cry you see the ocean and you hear seagulls overhead you want to cry It's all so beautiful it's all you and you can't stop this runaway train of love this is the way it goes this is our natural course of expansion how you define you it goes until every star every mote of dust every atom every molecule Every good, bad, or otherwise thing is just pure you. It's divine. It's God. It's a miracle. Oh my gosh. Now, let's talk about how to live. Changing subject from the evolution of consciousness with the criteria being awareness of yourself. Let's talk about how anyone, no matter where they are in that arc, it's exactly the same. How anyone will thrive. And be able to fill the shoes God most wanted to fill. Because you are not only who you most wanted to be. You picked this package. You picked the beauty that you are. You picked having the inclination to lean towards the arts or sciences or math. You picked it all. And you knew what you were doing. This is pre-amnesia. And who are you but a spark of God? Synonymously, in tandem, you are who God Almighty most wanted to be most wanted to be. And how do you get that game on? You take care of yourself. You know what you need, you know what you want, you know what lights you up, you know what rows your oars, you know what beats your heart. You follow you. You be you. You gotta take care of businesses home, at home, like mom used to say to me, before you can take care of other people you create a solid foundation you get that platform you get your little duckies in a row you line up your interest you discover your interest you discover your strengths you face your lions and tigers and bears and oh my gosh you start to thrive because you selfishly hallelujah took care of yourself selfishness is only a bad word to people who use only their physical senses to define reality as i said the other day there's so many coconuts on the island and if i get more as the as the day transpires that means somebody else got less and so selfishness got a bad name because it was defined by people who did not use their inner senses and who were unaware that thoughts become things and that there's enough coconuts for everybody, there's no finite amount of money, the government just prints more or the computers just create more, right? True selfishness means honoring yourself, but now let's tie it into the evolution of consciousness. Who are you? Well, in the beginning, caveman, you're just all alone, scared and naked the whole world is out to get you and you better take care of yourself. You're a precious treasure and you're only able to experience the immediacy of who you physically think you are ending at where your skin meets the world. And so you take care of that precious little speck and then you're able to have strength and you can go out And then you can take care of your brother and your sister and your father and your mother and your partner. And the next thing you know, because you took care of yourself, as your definition of self expands, now dovetailed right in there is the evolution of your desire. As you view yourself as more people, more things, the whole flipping world and the universe, your desires begin including them. Because you're not going to make progress if you take care of this dude at the expense of that dude, okay? Because there is a way to view it that way, that is not our natural way of viewing it. Okay, so with our spiritual lenses on, we realize that if I'm going to take care of me in a truly divinely selfish way, that means I'm going to have to take care of you too, because if you go down, you're just another part of me, I'm going down. So let's just all lift up one another. And so the evolution of desire follows the evolution of consciousness as measured by an awareness of self. As your self expands, your view of self, so will your desires for this new view expand. And suddenly, because you took care of business at home and you've got the roof over your head, you've got the clothes on your back, you've got things taken care of. Oh, there's always room to do a little bit better, but you've, you know, you've got it going on. You've got internet connection, right? Now you're able to, to consider like, you know, I, I got the toys, I've got the cars, I've got the vacations I, and your desires will naturally be replaced by not more toys for you, but more toys and joy and peace for all. So, the questioner is saying, Hey, am I missing out? Hey, you passed that stage. You graduated magna cum laude. You've got flying colors going on. You are a beacon. You're an example. You measure joy now in the smiling faces around you as much as you ever did a long time ago when it was only your smiling face. A++. Plus plus, you have graduated. The evolution of consciousness has taken you almost as far as it can go in terms of viewing yourself and everyone else. And now, as you strive towards peace and joy, there will still be the rising wonder of life. Hmm, could I go towards more enlightenment? Oh, could I go towards more service? Oh, could I go towards uh, being involved in the community, in the neighborhood, in the government, in the... As an example, maybe I should dabble with some art and people are lit up by your art. It's not like you get to this place, you see yourself and everyone and then you um, ascend and you're out of here. No, there's still so much more to do here. So pat yourself on the back, create the space for wonder to emerge and wonder is going to surprise you in ways you can't imagine right now. And you do get to a point where there's a book title called Goalless living. I've never read it, but I've always loved the title. You don't have to have a goal. You don't have to have a dream. You're going to get to that place where you just are carried along like a cloud is carried across the sky. It always goes to the right place. It always goes where it's most needed. It's it's one with the divine. And I think that's true enlightenment with a conscious awareness of what's going on and a conscious connection to your higher self. And you will just literally be called to places and circumstances. And that doesn't mean you're ever going to be selfless. You ought to always be selfish. Richard Bach in Illusions said, anyone who has ever given anything of value to the world was a divinely selfish soul and understand, understood in this context, I think it begins making sense. So prepare for the best of the best of the best in your life, dear questioner, and everyone else, this is what we all have to look forward to. In fact, your challenge today, who can you help? Who can you help? And in the process, I physically, mentally, not physically, I I want you to consciously see yourself in them. You know, whether it's, uh, a charitable donation, a smile to a stranger. Go out of your way with some act of benevolence and kindness for an individual, a fur baby, a blade of grass, or an ancient oak tree. And in your act of kindness, I want you to see yourself in the recipient. Let's just move this train right along. We can consciously, willfully uh, ramp up an acceleration through these sacred jungles, the school of consciousness, so that we can get to that place of more wonder, more surrender, and even greater productivity. Not that that matters, but it's fun. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend. Uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration every single day, I send out a note from the universe. Right now, it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.